This episode of Creative Control is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on. We're one week away from February, and I'm pretty sure you know what that means. Black History Month. Oh, It's meant to be a time to celebrate Black culture, but as we've seen year after year, it's also a time for an increase in racist trolls, tone-deaf brand campaigns, and corporate platitudes that amount to little, if anything, at all. It's a lot, even for the shortest month of the year, which I always have to remind people of that. So for this very special episode of Creative Control, I wanted to explore how Black creators are navigating Black History Month this year. This is Creative Control. I'm your host, Casey Finey. Each week, I'll be unpacking the driving forces and people shaping the creator economy and what it all means for its future. To dig into how Black creators are approaching Black History Month, we talk to a few folks from very different sectors of the internet. First up, Milana Snow. Milana has worked in the wellness industry for over 10 years teaching breathwork and trauma healing classes. Her gut reaction to Black History Month? kind of a laugh, to be honest. <laughs> I wish that I had a more neutral response, but to me, 365 is about embodying who I am. I'm actually mixed with many different ethnic uh, backgrounds. And so for me, the fact that we only allocate a month to discover these other cultures, to me, is a really sad attempt for what I think should be a daily practice. So when it comes to being an entrepreneur and a creator, Milana's really critical of how brief and publicity-driven Black History Month can be. Well, I think also something that's really interesting that I've been talking with a lot of my friends about lately is how in 2020, when George Floyd and all of that came out into this larger global conversation, literally within a week, I had more press inquiries than I had in a year. My entire business exploded. And I think it was one part because people really needed breath work and healing because it was a really tumultuous time and still is. But I also think it was because there was social pressure to give more due respect and um, privilege to Black people. And so I was super grateful that that happened. And it feels like Black History Month is kind of a microcosm, like a condensed version of what that is or what that was. But the interesting thing is, and, and I've had this conversation with a few of my friends, that we've all noticed it slow down. So the same kind of visibility that I was getting in 2020 after George Floyd passed is not the same anymore. And it felt very much because there was an intense pressure on brands and non-Black leaders to highlight us. And that presents a tricky dilemma, right? On the one hand, more press attention means more viewers, which means more brand deals. And that's exactly what a creator needs. But as Milana points out, not every opportunity is worth it. To me, Black History Month tends to kind of be a time where we can be tokenized for this brand to to say that they did the right thing. I, to me, it doesn't for me, to just be really honest. I, I want to see what brands are going to do when it's not Black History Month, when working with Black people. That's what I'm interested in, and that's what I watch out for. And if I don't see that outside of the month of February or on MLK Day, then I don't believe it. <laughs> 
Can I look at your C-suite and see that you've got representation that's more inclusive, that's beyond a, a white cis male? And if you don't, then I don't believe you because it's not there. I've said no to a lot of brands, a lot for that reason. And with the brands Milana does work with, she's making sure she's getting paid what she's worth. Negotiating deals is definitely a tricky area to navigate, but Milana's pushing other creators to do the same and to be more transparent about what they're getting paid. I feel like one of the things I'm really clear on that I hope more creators will be really good about is like I charge companies a lot of money. I am not cheap to work with. I, I will charge a lot and I'll give a lot for that but i think a lot of a lot of people especially younger creators will like take things because it's an opportunity to be seen and then they realize that you can't build a business you can't have um, a sustainable life if you're just like doing things that are actually an inconvenience and not fundamentally supportive of your growth so i have absolutely no qualms about charging companies my rate um, because i know that one they're gonna pay a white man with the same amount of following or less just as much and I, I've had that experience, if not more. And secondly, if we don't do that, if we don't start charging what we're actually worth and what we bring to the table, then we're actually impacting our peers in a negative way too. I hear about people getting paid really bad deals, bad rates, and they have more followers, more engagement than I do. And I'm like, oh, I wish you would have just come and asked me, or I wish we would have talked about it. People are so scared to talk about real numbers, but that's why people are getting less than what they should be getting paid. If anybody out there listening wants to know what I'm getting paid for something, I will tell you. I have no problem because I think that's how we can all expand if we have more transparency in every aspect of our work. From a community perspective, Milana sees Black History Month as an opportunity to highlight the complexities of Blackness. There are nuances and identity that should always be parsed out within the broader conversation of representation. As it relates to colorism, I think that there is an awareness around wanting to show the diversity of color within the Black community, which I'm really grateful for because I felt for a long time that I was basically the only Black person that would be called upon for um, things in Black History Month because I was a light-skinned Black woman who had a lot of white friends. And I think there's now an awareness that there is privilege to that and that I shouldn't be the one to represent all Black people or light-skinned people might have a different experience than other shades in the Black experience. My family is from Panama on my dad's side. They're Black Panamanians. We're Afro-Latino and Caribbean. They did not grow up in the United States. My dad is actually not an American citizen. He's a legal resident. So their experience, albeit some of them grew up in Los Angeles, might on the surface look like the average American, Black American experience. They actually have a very different cultural heritage and background than what I think people would imagine when 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 they look at us. And so I think one of the things that I have noticed with like the month of February and the progress that is happening with Black History Month is recognizing that Black people in America are not a monolith, that we are actually very diverse. We have immensely nuanced history and beliefs and language and that there's just a lot more there. And so I'm glad to see that. Having a more nuanced approach to talking about the Black community is at the core of Tyra Blizzard's content. Tyra is a social activism influencer who helps people unpack a number of hot-button issues, including racism, misogyny, homophobia, and transphobia. And through her work, 
Tyra's gained a different perspective on Black History Month. You would think that I would be excited and just amped for people to be paying attention to Black history and Black people. Um, And that was the general attitude that I had pretty much throughout my life up until the last couple of years, where um, I think especially after I started my platform three years ago now, back in 2020, where I started talking about this stuff all year round, and it wasn't really getting as much traction. But all of a sudden in February, everyone seems to care. When it comes to her content, Tyra says she refuses to educate people on Black History Month because that information is already out there. If they wanted access to it, they would go find it. So I'm mostly focusing my content around getting people to reflect on what they already know and kind of waking people up to the fact that they probably don't know as much as they should. Um, So my content is really going to be reacting again to what I'm seeing during Black History Month instead of, you know, pre-planning my content and educating because that's what I do all year round anyway. Like Milana, Tyra generally sees more brands reaching out to her during Black History Month. But last year was a little different. For Tyra, she had magazines reaching out to her for features, but there were fewer paid opportunities. I was surprised that there weren't a lot of paid opportunities last year. I think I was frustrated because a lot of these organizations were kind of shying away from asking Black content creators to make content for them because they didn't want to seem disingenuous. Like they didn't want to seem like they were just hiring us to make content, which is like, okay, yes, I get that. But also now these few opportunities that we do have are no longer there because they're going elsewhere now. Tyra may not have seen as many paid opportunities during Black History Month last year, but what does increase in February without fail is harassment and racist comments on her content. Certain groups of people tend to get very upset and defensive during Black History Month because they don't understand why we have our own month and they don't. And that's always a frustrating conversation. It's the exact same thing every single year. Black creators get even more hate. They get harassed times a million. It's like all of the overtly racist people come out of the woodworks to express their discomfort and their, I don't know, they, they, I don't know, it seems like jealousy because they're like, oh, you guys have this month and we don't, like not realizing that they have like the entire year, every year, all the time for centuries. So yeah, it's just, it's more so the, the hate that I'm expecting and my content has been, or my account has been under attack for a little while. Um, I was banned recently for a few weeks permanently and I had to fight to get it back and I'm still gathering evidence for groups, hate groups that are like trying to get me banned intentionally and constantly mass reporting my content. All that expected harassment aside, there are so many people who appreciate and need Tyra's voice on TikTok. Tyra has an intersectional approach to her content that spotlights the Black LGBTQ plus community. Those groups of people aren't focused on as much during this month because we focus on all of the amazing, incredible Black cishet men who have had such a profound impact on our history and our community. We kind of forget the people who were supporting them and the people who were driving a lot of these movements as well. 
And that happens to be the most marginalized people within the community, specifically Black trans women. So I, I really want to highlight those people. I really want to highlight that community. I want to highlight our community and have people remember that it's it's not just about Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Black Panthers, and then sometimes Rosa Parks. Like it's so much, so much deeper than that. I think that's one of the most common comments that I will get is people thanking me for initiating the conversation and, and providing some of the nuance that isn't as obvious. I try to focus on those people and those comments because it's really, really easy to focus on the hate and to respond to the hate and kind of just scroll past all the love, especially relating to the intersection of like race and gender and sexuality. I think those are the people who will comment the most is either white people or black queer people because you can't just focus on one aspect, especially if you're part of multiple marginalized groups like myself. Like there's so many people who struggle to navigate their identity being someone who's marginalized in so many different ways. If people are going to be hyper-focusing on us this month, then I'm gonna make sure that I'm saying what I need to say because more people are gonna be listening. Like I said, my content isn't necessarily going to change but I am very aware that more people are going to be paying attention and listening. And I think that is such a privilege having a platform and being able to speak to so many more people. So I'm going to make sure that I put out as much content as I can during the month and get as many people to follow and subscribe and lock in so that they can get this information all year round because it should be a year long process. This episode of Creative Control is brought to you by Verizon, the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet. Find the plan that's right for you at verizon.com. Milan and Tyra have the reservations with Black History Month, which I think is totally understandable. But for Garrison Hayes, he's all in. I love Black History Month. I've been Black my whole life, and it's always felt like a really, really great time to celebrate the incredible accomplishments of Black people throughout history, and as well as people who are, who are making Black history today. Growing up in Atlanta, it felt like the entire city celebrated Black History Month. And then going off to college, I went to two predominantly white institutions, one for undergrad and for grad school. And at both places, Celebrating Black History Month felt like a real act of resistance. In some senses, it, it felt like, you know, our history was relegated to just that month. And we were only seen during that month. And at the same time, it was this space for us to celebrate us. And I've kind of carried that with me into my work online in that it's a time for me to really celebrate that and to, to kind of highlight some of these stories that have often been overlooked. Garrison is big on translating that energy into his content for Black History Month. And according to him, specific timing within that month is crucial. I try to put out some of my very best, most radical, most pro-Black material on February 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, because that's when people are going to be most interested in Black things. And it's sad to say, but it's a reality. 
Black creators are often some of the folks who are off, most overlooked in within the creator economy. There are so many conversations happening um, amongst creators throughout the year where it's like, hey, like things were really going well for me in February, but they fell off a cliff in March, or I didn't hear back from this brand until January. And we, you know, like, like that's a really, really common conversation. And so people have to get their money and creators have to participate in this economy regardless. If you see your favorite creator working with a brand during Black History Month, engage, please. <laughs> like, I mean, this is really a 365 days out of the year request I'm making of you, dear listener. Engage with Black creators, especially for branded content, because the scrutiny and the expectations are often so high and so unfair, this may be one of the only chances they get to work with a brand, maybe even for the entire year. Last year, Garrison worked with a small black clothing brand who asked him to wear their clothes in his videos throughout February. He did that and then some by creating the Black Defiance Mixtape, a video series highlighting lesser known but still highly impactful black figures. The series got over 2 million views and definitely speaks to Garrison's earlier point of going all out with his content in February. But all that extra effort takes its toll in more ways than one. It does feel like emotional work in some ways. I was looking back through my posts over the last couple of years, and I almost always take a break in March after February, in, in part because there is a, a bit of that pressure to post and make sure you're getting stuff out, but also because it is a lot and it drains a ton of my kind of creativity gearing up for Black History Month, um, executing and, and just being kind of on the ready to drop something relevant. And so, you know, in some ways it is it is an emotional labor, not to get cheesy, but it's kind of like a labor of love though, right? Like it's something that I, I really love and really value. But recognizing that within myself, I also need to take a break or step away from creating for a few weeks or even a month um, after all of that labor. That situation also left Garrison conflicted. He knows he needs to make an income, but he's wary of Black History Month becoming a holiday for consumerism. It's not that I don't share stories of Black people doing Black things throughout the rest of the year, but specifically during Black History Month, my goal, my aim is to undermine some of those very same systems that have bastardized Christmas, right? And have made Christmas into this thing that's almost completely consumption-based. I mean, you know, outside of getting together with your family, I think almost every other element of Christmas is just about consumption. I've made the decision not to release merch or products during Black History Month. Uh, it would be wise of Black creators from a financial perspective to, you know, productize uh, as much as possible during February because it's when you have probably the most captive audience, especially for creators who are making Black folks kind of centric content. But for me, I want to uplift stories and talk about history that undermines those systems of, of capitalism, colonialism, patriarchy. How do you navigate being opposed to the systems of capital that at one point literally 
rested on Black bodies while also being a Black creator, participating in the creator economy? I think it's a, it's a really good question and it's a really hard thing to navigate. So I won't pretend that I have the magic pill or the special answer. I do think that all creators have to take time to find out and to, to really determine what it is that they value, what it is that they want to be known for, and how it is that they want to show up online. I think that's the responsibility of all creators. And then to operate within the confines of that agreement that you've made with yourself. And, you know, as a, as a creator who is also Black and interested in history and race, you know, I don't want to participate in any system or anything that's exploiting Black people. And that raises a lot of questions uh, for me around the platforms that I use and the ways I engage on those platforms. You know, to be totally honest, when I hear that Black creators are being banned explicitly or shadow banned more implicitly, you know, it raises my antenna like, oh my goodness, like, is this the platform for us, where should we be creating? But then you look out over the internet and this seems to be true almost everywhere, right? Like, like can't go to Facebook because things are happening there and you can't go to Instagram because things are happening there. And YouTube is crazy. The comments on there are like the worst on the internet and Twitter has things going. And so where do you go? And so the conclusion that I've come to is that I have to uplift Black stories wherever I am and progressive stories and, you know, liberative histories uh, wherever I am. And, and that's my commitment. That's what I'm trying to do. And that's the way in which I kind of resist those forces, even when I'm almost uh, compelled to participate in them by just posting on a given platform. There's clearly so much to unpack here. Garris and Tyra Milano are all coming at this topic from different angles, which again speaks to the idea that we are not a monolith. Like Garrison said, it all comes down to each person's own boundaries and values. But the consistent thread here is that being a Black creator, let alone one during Black History Month, is a really, really hard space to navigate. So next week, I'm going to dig into this a little deeper with a marketing executive who shares her take on how Black History Month should fit within the creator economy. That's going to do it for this episode of Creative Control. Make sure you subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And make sure you rate and comment as well because we always love to hear from you. And I'd also like to extend a special thank you to Milana, Tyra, and Garrison for speaking with us. You can find links to their channels in the episode description. Fast Company podcasts are produced by Avery Miles, Blake Odom, and Julia Shu. Editing and sound design is by Nicholas Torres. Our executive producer is Joshua Christensen. And providing editorial oversight is Senior VP of Entertainment, Scott Meebus. Mm-hmm.